Is there something wrong? Warning. Live support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. To go where too few have gone before. A production of Cosmic Reality Radio. Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw, I'm known as the Success Alchemist. You can find me at thesuccessalchemist.net, which is my coaching website, at thewebalchemist.net, which is my website development website, at Empowered Manifestation, where you can find my book on manifestation, and on Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist, and Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw. Today is September the 11th, 2021, and the title of today's show is 9-11 Anniversary, Vax Mandates and Election Fraud. And I wanted to open by just acknowledging the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And I wasn't living in the U in the US at the time. I was in the UK and I was working in corporate. And this day was is etched in people's memories all over the world because of the evil that was done that day. And I remember exactly where I was, of course, in the UK. The time zone is um well, uh, seven hours ahead of of mountain time so I was coming back from my lunch break and one of the members of my team told me about the attack on the World Trade Center and the towers actually collapsing and I thought he was telling a joke or something I said you can't be serious and of course then it turned out that this was true and um, it's one of those things that you remember exactly where you are and what you were doing and of course, then it was repeated time after time after time on the news. And I think this was done deliberately to traumatize people. And, you know, we're still hearing these stories about it was the airplanes that crashed into the towers that caused them to collapse. And those of us who are awake know that this is just a pack of lies that it couldn't possibly be true. And I was listening, somebody posted on, I think it was Telegram, somebody posted a video of Donald Trump being interviewed uh, just after the 9-11 atrocity about the collapse of the Twin Towers, saying that this building was one of the most strong buildings that had been constructed, and because... The steel was on the outside of the building, not where many other buildings had the steel structures, which was on the inside. And he said that he'd even been into the World Trade Center after the bombing in the basement. And even with that level of destruction in the most vulnerable part, the building had still stood. So he was basically highlighting that 
as we all believe, this must have been a controlled demolition. He even says it must have involved explosives or bombs. So we really need this to come out into the public domain, all of this. And one of the things that I would like to recommend is if you want a much truer account of what happened on 9-11, then I recommend that you read Nancy Hopkins' book, 9-11 Crusade, which, as she explained, she wrote as a fiction book because when she tried to talk to people about what she knew of the event, they their eyes glazed over and they just blocked it out. So she wrote it as a fiction, a fictional novel, just so people were more likely to accept what she was saying. So it's definitely a great book to read. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it, I think, on Cosmic Reality as well. So obviously a lot of people putting out tributes to the people that were killed that day and also to the firefighters and the first responders who, even those that survived, have since died of cancer and uh, respiratory issues and so on. And, you know, one of the theories is that there was a, a nuclear bomb involved in this, and this is why the incident of, of cancer in the survivors is so high. So it was interesting to see the images that were put out on Twitter, particularly about um, the president, so-called the resident, I'll call him, and the ex-presidents at the 9-11 tribute ceremony. And uh, it was basically all the New World Order people and Trump wasn't present, which is interesting. People are saying, well, why wasn't Trump there? It turns out Trump was in New York City visiting some of the fire departments. It was being cheered and applauded. And as somebody said on Twitter, it's because he's a man of the people. He's not one of the elites. And uh, so I thought that was very encouraging to see that happen and it just shows how popular he is i don't think anybody would have cheered joe biden and of course you know we've heard these accounts of all these nfl games with huge audiences <laughs> across the country and the chant went up in many of them uh, f joe biden so <laughs> that's indicative of the true level of support for mr biden so I'm going to move on now to the um, vac vaccine mandates. Um, we've seen a lot in the news about this this week because um, Hitler Biden has imposed a bunch of uh, mandates regarding vaccines. So the first I want to cover with you is from Natural News. And it's Mike Adams, of course. And he actually puts the title of his article, A New Medical Hitler. Biden declares himself medical dictator, threatens to nullify states' rights and coerce the entire population into taking deadly vaccine jabs against their will. And it goes, ripping a page right out of Adolf Hitler's playbook. Fake President Joe Biden last night declared himself a medical dictator over America, 
claiming he alone has absolute power to bypass states' rights, nullify state governors and force the American people to take deadly experimental vaccines that are actually biological weapons designed to exterminate human life. And this was published yesterday, actually, February 10th, uh, September 10th. We should be celebrating this moment of clarity for Biden's audacious actions have just turned half of America into a powerful new vaccine resistance movement. As the following map shows, state leaders in about half the states have openly declared their resistance against Biden's authoritarian power grab. Many states have announced their intent to file lawsuits and Texas Governor Abbott has already issued an executive order protecting medical choice for Texans. All the following states have announced their intent to sue the Biden regime over these vaccine mandates. Alaska, West Virginia, Kansas, Ohio, Montana, Wyoming, Utah, South Dakota, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Texas, Missouri, Iowa, Arkansas, Idaho, Indiana, Tennessee, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, West Virginia and Arizona. Unfortunately, Colorado isn't on the list, but that's no surprise seeing it's, it is a Democrat governor. <clears throat> Joe Biden just declared war on 80 million Americans and threatened to remove governors from power. This is treason. As part of his dictatorial decree, fake President Joe Biden declared that he would remove governors from power if they don't comply with, this, with his vaccine mandates. This is, of course, an act of treason and war against the United States of America, and it opens the window for the White Hats in the US military to remove Biden from office and declare his rule to be an unconstitutional occupation. From Biden... If they'll not help, if these governors won't help us beat the pandemic, I'll use my power as president to get them out of the way. Of course, get them out of the way means Biden plans to try to arrest and remove the governors. Then rule of America as a, sorry, that should say, then rule America as a dictatorial tyrant. In essence, Biden just initiated the civil war in America and proved why he must be removed from power and why Democrats in general can never be trusted with any political power whatsoever. Governors, state legislators, AGs and other officials push back hard. Check out these statements from state officials courtesy of the New American. Tate Reeves, Mississippi. The president has no authority to require that Americans inject themselves because of their employment at a private business. The vaccine itself is life-saving, but this unconstitutional move is terrifying. This is still America and we still believe in freedom from tyrants. I have to disagree with the life-saving bit, but anyway. Brian Kemp, Georgia. I will pursue every legal option available to the state of Georgia to stop this blatantly unlawful overreach by the Biden administration. Christy Nome, South Dakota. My legal team is standing by, ready to file our lawsuit the minute Joe Biden files his unconstitutional rule. This gross example of federal intrusion will not stand. Henry McMaster, South Carolina. The American dream has turned into a nightmare under President Biden and the radical Democrats. They have declared war against capitalism. 
thumbed their noses at the Constitution and empowered our enemies abroad. Rest assured, we will fight them to the gates of hell to protect the liberty and livelihood of every South Carolinian. Doug Ducey, Arizona. This is exactly the kind of big government overreach we have tried so hard to prevent in Arizona. Now the Biden-Harris administration is hammering down on private businesses and individual freedoms in an unprecedented and dangerous way. This will never stand up in court. This dictatorial approach is wrong, un-American and will do far more harm than good. How many workers will be displaced? How many kids kept out of classrooms? How many businesses fined? The vaccine is and should be a choice. We must and will push back. Asa Hutchinson, Arkansas. I fully support continued efforts to increase vaccination rates across our nation, but the federal government mandates on private businesses are not the right answer. I have been consistent in the freedom of businesses to require their employees to be vaccinated and I have opposed the government from saying businesses cannot exercise that freedom. The same principles should protect private sector from government overreach that requires them to vaccinate all employees. Kim Reynolds, Iowa. President Biden is taking dangerous and unprecedented steps to insert the federal government even further into our lives while dismissing the ability of Iowans and Americans to make health care decisions for themselves. Biden's plan will only worsen our workforce shortage and further limit our economic recovery. As I've said all along, I believe and trust in Iowans to make the best health decisions for themselves and their families. It's time for President Biden to do the same. Enough. Greg Gianforte, Montana, I think that's how you pronounce it, President Biden's vaccination mandate is unlawful and un-American. We are committed to protecting Montanans' freedoms and liberties against this gross federal overreach. Kevin Stitt, Oklahoma. It is not the government's role to dictate to private businesses what to do. Once again, President Biden is demonstrating his complete disregard for individual freedoms and states' rights. As long as I am governor, there will be no government vaccine mandates in Oklahoma. My administration will continue to defend Oklahoma values and fight back against the Biden administration's federal overreach. Kay Ivey, Alabama. Once again, President Biden has missed the mark. His outrageous, outrageous overreaching mandates will no doubt be challenged in the courts. Placing more burdens on both employers and employees during a pandemic with the rising inflation rates and lingering labour shortages is totally unacceptable. Alabamians have stepped up by rolling up their sleeves to get the COVID-19 vaccine, increasing our doses administered significantly in recent weeks. We have done so without mandates from Washington, D.C. or Montgomery. I've made it abundantly clear. I support the science and encourage folks taking the vaccine. However, I'm absolutely against a government mandate on the vaccine, which is why I assigned the vaccine passport ban into law here in Alabama. This is not the role of the government. I continue encouraging any Alabamian who can to get the COVID-19 vaccine. We have a safe and effective tool. I don't think so. At our fingertips, so let's roll up our sleeves and get this thing beat. Greg Abbott, Texas. 
Biden's vaccine mandate is an assault on private businesses. I issued an executive order protecting Texans' right to choose whether they get the COVID vaccine and I added it to the special session agenda. Texas is already working to halt this power grab. Mike Parsons, Missouri. The Biden administration's recent announcement seeking to dictate personal freedom and private business decisions is an insult to our American principles of individual liberty and free enterprise. This heavy-handed action by the federal government is unwelcome in our state and has potentially dangerous consequences for working families. Vaccination protects us from serious illness, but the decision to get vaccinated is a private health care decision that should remain as such. My administration will always fight back against federal power grabs and government overreach that threatens to limit our freedoms. Joe Biden just formed a fascist pharma corporate state that's targeting humanity for extermination. As Connor Mortal from Mices.org correctly states in response to all this, Fake President Biden has just declared a fascist pharma pharma corporate state that he hopes will rule over America. Never in my lifetime has something occurred that was so egregiously opposed to Misesian concepts of liberalism and freedom. In fact, this is directly in line with perhaps the most opposite ideology to liberalism, fascism. Benito Mussolini said himself that fascism should more appropriately be called corporatism because it is a merger of state and corporate power. In today's political discourse, people abuse the word fascism and sometimes even cite this definition of corporatism while stretching it somewhat from the truth. However, the state requiring that businesses require the vaccine from one of three large corporations that were propped up by the state is undoubtedly the merger of state and corporate power that Mussolini dreamed of. Jordan Shashtal writes on the substack.com that the Biden admin is losing its unwinnable war on COVID, so they're scapegoating unvaccinated Americans. On Thursday, our newfound dear leader Joe Biden gave one of the most tyrannical speeches in American history. For 30 minutes, he declared that the federal government will be imposing one totalitarian action after another, entirely dismissing our constitutional system in the process of announcing his edicts. I sense a panicked regime very unsure of its legitimacy with the people and one that is desperately searching for a more permissible excuse for their failures. The Biden administration is losing its unwinnable war on COVID and as its ratings go down in flames, it has backed itself into a corner. Instead of being honest about their failures with the American people, Biden officials are choosing to triple and quadruple down on these broken policy measures. They're purposely pitting Americans against each other and labelling the unvaccinated as the ultimate scapegoat for their failures. Mass civil disobedience is now the only answer against outrageous medical medical tyranny. We have now arrived at the moment where mass civil disobedience is necessary to end this overt medical tyranny. As J.D. Vance is now openly calling for, the American people must peacefully rise up and resist this tyranny. Hashtag do not comply. 
Children's Health Defense has just announced that next week will be walkout week where all Americans who are ordered to take mandatory vaccines should walk out of their places of employment and say no to the medical tyranny. Democrats who once chanted, my body, my choice, are now screaming, your body, our orders. This just proves, of course, that they never believed in my body, my choice in the first place. They simply wanted to murder more babies as part of their demonic human sacrifice rituals. One thing that that didn't that article didn't mention was what um, these mandates were about, and that was that all federal employees must be vaccinated, and all federal um, contractors must be vaccinated. But they also declared that any business with a hundred employees or more must also get their employees vaccinated and will be fined $14,000 for non-compliance. So it definitely is um, tyranny, totalitarianism. And um, there was an interesting video that was shared with me in one of the Facebook messenger groups. And I'm going to play this for you. It's only two minutes, um, but it's a, a very good response to what's or a good illustration of what is happening at the moment. So I'm wearing my upside-down flag today, and I think that's appropriate because it signifies in America that's in distress. And maybe some people don't know this, but my dad just let me know this. Um, a text message went out last night from the Secretary of Defense to all the active mil military personnel saying, you know, by 10 a.m. you have to go get the magic potion or you're going to be court-martialed. And so as a result of that, 12 F-22 pilots, the highly, most highly trained pilots in the world, walked off the job. That's 12 multi-billion dollar, million dollar aircraft grounded now. A dozen of the best pilots in the world, thousands of hours of training, millions of dollars of training, off the job. 16 crew members for B-52 bombers walked off the job. That's just two air bases. My aunt, who is a KC-135 boom operator that refuels planes, isn't getting the magic potion. She's going to walk off her job, too, most likely. So now we've reached this point for all you dumbasses who have not been speaking out about this in the mandates, the people who are quiet about it, the people who are pro-mandate, you're to blame for the situation that we're in because we're going to a bad place. The military is being compromised at a rapid rate, and with the F-22s being grounded, you, you could kiss Taiwan goodbye. I, I would hate to be a Taiwanese citizen right now. So this is probably not covered anywhere in the media. I'm sure it's blocked or censored by all the bullshit that goes on here. But it's time to freaking wake up, people. You better start preparing because your little cushy American life isn't going to be so cushy much longer when the rest of the world realize how freaking weak we are with this idiot who's in, who's in office and all this bullshit that's been passed and what's happening to our military. So the flag's staying upside down. Wake up! Okay, so, given that we know that Biden isn't Biden and that he's an actor, my feeling is that this latest move by Biden is really taking people to the precipice. It really is. Um, 
what Q mentioned, you know, when people are at the precipice, that's when they will wake up. So let's hope more and more people do. But I'm still seeing all these um, Twitter comments and even on Facebook about people just get the vaccine. You know, you, you're putting other people at risk, which, of course, actually undermines the whole principle of why you should take a vaccine in the first place. Cat Turd was saying on Twitter, you know, they want you to take the vaccine because it will protect you, but they're then saying that the unvaccinated put all the vaccinated at risk. It just doesn't make logical sense whatsoever. So I can tell you quite categorically that I will not be forced into violating my body, which has a perfectly good, strong immune system, um, just to go along with the Great Reset and the extermination of so many of the population. And it's not only the states that are fighting this um, mandate. Uh, Breitbart reports private employers prepare lawsuits against Biden's sweeping vaccine mandate. This was from September 9th. Private employers have already declared they will file lawsuits against President Joe Biden's authoritarian nationwide vaccine mandate for private companies with over 100 employees. On Thursday... President Biden implemented a new mandate that requires all companies that employ over 100 employees to enforce a vaccine requirement on their workers. Biden's mandate ignores individuals who have already had coronavirus and have built immunity to the illness. Fresh off of the heels of Biden's announcement, Charlie Kirk and others made clear they will not force their employees to get vaccinated and threatened the administration with a lawsuit. Kirk tweeted that there was no chance the company Turning Point USA would be enforcing the mandate on their more than 170 employees and that the company will sue you, Joe Biden, and win. And the, the tweet from Charlie Kirk says, Mandating vaccines for our 170-plus full-time employees at Turning Point USA? No chance. We will sue you, Joe Biden, and win. Higher Education Fellow and Spokeswoman for Campus Reform, Angelina Morabito, tweeted that Biden's decree will be challenged by a slew of companies. If you listen really closely to the live stream of Biden's speech, you can hear the sound of a million lawsuits being filed, she wrote. Others tweeted that the mandate may be unconstitutional and the order will not hold up once a civil case is brought before the United States court system. Kansas Senator Dr. Roger Marshall called the mandate an all-out assault on private business, our civil liberties and our entire constitutional system of limited government. This will likely get struck down in the court but is a terrifying glimpse of the new Marxist Dem Party. Trump endorsed Republican Joe Kent who is running for a congressional seat in Washington's 3rd District. Kent tweeted, Biden's team knows this won't hold up in court, but that doesn't matter. The marriage between this admin, big tech and the media gives him plenty of power. Culture beats strategy every time. The official US government culture just labelled the non-vaccinated as the enemy. Republican Congressman Dan Crenshaw of Texas slammed Biden's federal overreach 
Are you people trying to start a full-on revolt? He tweeted. Honestly, what the hell is wrong with Democrats? Leave people the hell alone. This is insanity. Congressman Ben Klein, Republican Virginia, labelled the federal order as a gross abuse of power and potentially unconstitutional. The tweet goes on to read, The federal government has no right to trample on workers' rights, medical freedom and individual liberty. Congressman Kelly Armstrong, Republican North Dakota, expressed that decisions about getting a vaccine should be made after consultation with a doctor and called the move the definition of government overreach. The congressman followed up his initial post with a secondary tweet. Instead of people making, sorry, instead of making people more comfortable with getting the vaccine, it is making people angry. So we're seeing uh, a full-scale revolt against this mandate, which is interesting. But I'd also like to share with you some very interesting news about who is exempt from this mandate. So first of all, here's an article from Epoch Times. And it says, USPS not covered by Biden's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Spokesman. The United States Postal Service is not one of the agencies compelled to require COVID-19 vaccination under President Joe Biden's new executive order, a spokesman said Friday. The COVID-19 vaccination requirements included in the White House executive order issued on September 9, 2021 for federal employees do not apply to the Postal Service. A spokesman for the U.S. Postal Service or USPS told the Epoch Times in an email. Regarding other vaccination rules expected to be issued by the federal government, the Postal Service has no comment until those rules are issued and we have had a chance to review them, he added. Biden on Thursday ordered all federal employees to get a COVID-19 vaccine with limited exceptions for approved medical or religious reasons. It is essential that federal employees take all available steps to protect themselves and avoid spreading COVID-19 to their co-workers and members of the public, Biden said in the order. Biden said in remarks from Washington that the order would require all executive branch federal employees to be vaccinated or an executive branch agency, as defined in 5 U.S. Code uh, Subsection 105 means an executive department, a government corporation and an independent establishment. The Postal Service is an independent agency of the executive branch. It was established in 2006, replacing the cabinet level US Post Office Department. The head of the Postal Service is chosen by a nine person board of governors. The board members are appointed by the president and require confirmation by the US Senate. Over 630,000 people work for the USPS. The American Postal Workers Union, APWU, and the White House did not respond to requests for comment. The union, in a July statement, responded to reports that the White House was mulling mandatory COVID-19 vaccination for federal workers. Maintaining the health and safety of our members is of paramount importance. While the APWU leadership continues to encourage postal workers to voluntarily get vaccinated, it is not the role of the federal government to mandate vaccinations for the employees we represent, the union said. 
Issues related to vaccinations and testing for COVID-19 in the workplace must be negotiated with the APWU. At this time, the APWU opposes the mandating of COVID-19 vaccinations in relation to US postal workers, it added. And one of the comments I saw on Twitter, probably from Cat Turd, I think, bless him, um, was saying, well, this was probably because they need all the postal workers for the mail-in ballots in the midterm elections, so <laughs> very possibly. Somebody made a comment, actually, on the article saying that uh, of all the people who could possibly pass on a virus, it's postal employees touching and handling every single package, letter, card and written correspondence travelling all over the country and internationally. <laughs> so, yeah, nothing makes sense, does it? And then guess who else is exempt? This is from a website I've never seen before, uh, thebl.com. And it says, members of Congress, federal judges and staffers exempt from Biden COVID-19 vaccine mandate. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said on Thursday, September 9th, that President Joe Biden's broad federal employee vaccine mandate announced this week does not apply to members of Congress, employees who work for Congress or the federal court system. Biden's executive orders would require immunisation for federal employees, military personnel and government contractors individually. The president also urged the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, to make vaccination or weekly CCP, Chinese Communist Party, virus or COVID-19 tests mandatory for companies with more than 100 employees. These mandates might affect over 100 million American workers in total, making it one of the most far-reaching vaccine mandates in history. And just as an aside, I would refuse to take a test, never mind the vaccine, because they have shown to have all sorts of things on the swabs, like nanobots and if that's the right word but nanoparticles I should say and anyway continuing on however the new restriction does not apply to members of congress congressional workers or federal court personnel American military news reported the president's order states that he will require all federal executive branch workers to be vaccinated and that the order will be extended to employees of contractors that do business with the federal government. As part of this effort, the Department of Defence, the Department of Veterans Affairs, the Indian Health Service and the National Institute of Health will complete implementation of their previously announced vaccination requirements that cover 2.5 million people. Biden's plan continued. President Biden clarified the vaccine requirement on Thursday, stating that if you want to do business with the federal government, vaccinate your workforce. In addition to the vaccine mandate for federal employees, the Department of Labor will force all firms with more than 100 employees to require the CCP virus vaccine or weekly testing for their employees. According to the Washington Post, businesses who refuse to comply with the regulation might face fines of up to $14,000 per violation, citing a senior Biden administration official. In addition, under the new requirements, employers must provide paid time off for employees to receive the vaccine. 
According to Fox News, about 30% of immigrants now held in federal detention facilities are refusing the vaccine, which is an option they are given. Furthermore, before being released by Border Patrol, more than 18% of immigrant families that illegally entered the United States tested positive for the CCP virus earlier this year. In addition, at least 20% of unaccompanied adolescents who entered the country illegally tested positive for the coronavirus. According to White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, Biden's Department of Homeland Security is not vaccinating illegal immigrants, but other international organisations are vaccinating them as they reach the border. Well, of course, we know that the PCR test doesn't work and can't distinguish between flu and uh, COVID. So the whole thing is, as I've been saying for months, a complete scamdemic. Now, we know that Joe Biden is trying to justify this by blaming the unvaccinated for the COVID cases. But he is, as usual, um, completely manipulating the statistics and it is the majority the majority of cases are actually from the vaccinated and i covered last week the study in israel are uh, that all the new cases are 95% i think the vaccinated not unvaccinated and then um, before its news has put out a report uh, this was on the 7th. Nurse blows the lid off the pandemic of the unvaccinated narrative. I have seen nothing but vaccinated individuals. The 90% unvaccinated cases is a complete lie. More and more doctors and nurses' voices are being heard concerning the lies of the mockingbird media, corrupt politicians and big pharma pimps, especially when it comes to the experimental injections for the yet unproven COVID-19. The latest to do so is a nurse who recounts her own encounters with people who have taken the shot. While engaged in an informed protest, this nurse was asked about how many vaccine injuries she had personally witnessed in the midst of the pandemic. 33, she said. Just this past week, about three fully vaccinated individuals, disease in quads left and right, DVT pulmonary embolism, I mean on blood thinners, and this has ever since this has been ever since they got back vaccinated. That doesn't make complete sense, but anyway. She continued, I had a 30-year-old woman who started bleeding, basically hemorrhaging ever since she got injected, literally within the 48 hours. This poor woman is a mother of two, like I said, 30 years old, and she was fully vaccinated and regrets it deeply. This is a month ago, and she is now intubated in critical condition, fighting for her life, potentially about to leave her children motherless and of course she regrets 1000% being injected and she acknowledges this. So did her physician. So I don't know why the lies continue, she added. I see it every single day, this whole story about 90% unvaccinated cases. No, I can tell you I've been in the front line for the last year and eight months or however long it's been, too long. And that is a complete lie. I've seen nothing but vaccinated individuals, unvaccinated as well. But don't believe the lies. Don't believe the media. It's all bullshit. And of course, the medical so-called profession are complicit in this. Children's Health Defence.org, the defender, 
reports medical boards threaten doctors who spread COVID vaccine misinformation. This was published yesterday. If doctors are threatened with the loss of their license for failing to tow mainstream media's line on how to prevent and treat COVID, how can they satisfy the legal requirements of informed consent? Now doctors are being threatened with the loss of their license if they fail to tow the line of mainstream medicine on how to prevent and treat COVID. The Federation of State Medical Boards on July 29th announced doctors who spread COVID-19 vaccine dis- misinformation risk disciplinary action by state medical boards, including the revocation of their medical license. The American Board of Emergency Medicine on August 26th issued a similar warning, stating physicians who publicly spread misinformation about the COVID-19 pandemic risk losing their board certification. What exactly constitutes misinformation is not defined in either case and likely includes anything that doesn't adhere to what government health authorities dictate. This gagging of free speech about alternative treatments violates patients' rights and the legal requirements of informed consent. Who decides what counts as misinformation? One thing we've learned from the pandemic is that available information can change, often quite rapidly. The CDC's masking guidelines changed multiple times. Initially, we were told that the virus could be spread on surfaces before subsequent investigations revealed that the virus mostly spreads when aerosols and droplets containing the virus are inhaled. As we've said before, the Wuhan lab leak theory was first dismissed as a conspiracy theory, but is now acknowledged as a legitimate, even likely, explanation of the virus origin. Often, the misinformation of today becomes the established facts of tomorrow. Take ivermectin, for example. Informed consent legally requires your doctor to discuss the risks and benefits of alternatives to vaccines to address COVID-19. Would it be misinformation to talk about the successes of ivermectin and the impressive body of evidence that recommends its use to prevent and treat COVID-19? Is a doctor risking their license if they talk about the drop in COVID case counts in South American cities that instituted massive prophylactic ivermectin distribution campaigns compared to cities that didn't? Despite this compelling evidence, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration stubbornly recommends against using ivermectin for COVID, likely because Big Pharma and their government cronies want mandatory vaccines, not ivermectin, as the answer to COVID, because vaccines will make the most money. And of course, we're seeing more and more um, (coughs) VAERS reports of deaths and adverse reactions, and we know that that's completely underreported and as I repeatedly refer to this as a scamdemic as well as a pandemic, even uh, Jen Psaki at one of her presses slipped up uh, this week and actually referred to it as a pandemic. so we are watching a movie play out but I actually posted yesterday on Facebook an image and it was actually from Red Pill News um, it showed the total deaths in the United States from 2015 to 2020. And we've got this whole lie being um, perpetrated about a pandemic causing all these additional deaths. Well, I'm just going to contrast the last 
three years, not including 2021. In 2018, there were 2,839,205 deaths. 2019, 2,855,000. 2020, 2,848,527. So according to these uh, numbers, the number of deaths in 2020 were less than 2019. So how can you claim that we've got a pandemic? Well, you can't. But unfortunately, people who watch the mainstream media are convinced. And a friend of mine who is just not awake, bless her, uh, she's vaccinated and she said, but it's deadly. And I said, they haven't even isolated the vaccine. I've referred before to the lawsuit in uh, Alberta, Canada, where the the plaintiff or the, the accused, I think he was, uh, he was arrested for not wearing a mask. And he actually subpoenaed the health, the head of the health department to provide Um, scientific data that proved that the COVID-19 virus exists and she was unable to do so. And that resulted in all the mandates, the mask mandates, everything across the state being removed. So we know from that case that this is all lies. So now I just want to cover some of the latest news coming out about the election fraud I'm going to start with 100%fedup.com and says breaking all hell's going to break loose. Two voter organizations have video footage of 240 people allegedly dropping ballots from filled backpacks into drop boxes in Georgia. Now, this is from September 3rd, so it is a, a week old or just over a week old, but I didn't get a chance to cover it last week. Um, Earlier this morning, radio host John Fredericks appeared on Steve Bannon's war room where he dropped a bombshell. What we uncovered is about to break in Georgia. All hell is about to break loose, Fredericks told Bannon. He explained how two voter integrity groups, OPSEC and True the Vote, are in possession of incredible video footage showing a massive ballot harvesting scheme in the state where Trump lost by less than 10,000 votes. There is coming video where there are basically 240, what I'm going to call, ballot traffickers in Georgia, he said. He explained how that, how what looks like a massive voter fraud scheme worked. What they did is that they went around to drop boxes all over the state, with each of them averaging about 24 drop boxes each. What they would do is they would go there in the middle of the night, this is all on video, and they would empty backpacks with gloves on full of ballots into these drop boxes. This is totally illegal, he explained, adding that even Stacey Abrams' law was written, states that only one person can drop one vote into the ballot drop boxes. Fredericks asked, why hasn't Secretary of State Raffensperger investigated this yet? Well, it looks like that is about to happen. According to Heather Mullins of Real America's Voice, Georgia SOS Secretary of State Raffensperger filed a Freedom of Information request yesterday 
seeking com communication between the DOJ and different groups, including those tied to Stacey Abrams, the Southern Poverty Law Center, Common Cause, and Campaign Legal Center challenging SB 2020, the Stacey Abrams bill mentioned by John Fredericks in the video above. Gateway Pundit was first to report on this bombshell development. On August 24th, Breitbart's Matthew Boyle reported about a document by True the Vote, one of the organisations that Fredericks mentions, which is involved in the investigation that allegedly includes videotaped evidence of massive ballot harvesting in Georgia. This document says that the True the Vote has spent the last several months since late last year collecting more than 27 terabytes of geospatial and temporal data, a total of 10 trillion cell phone pings between October 1st and November 6th in targeted areas in Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania and Texas. The data includes geofenced points of interest like ballot drop box locations, as well as UPS stores and select government, commercial and non-governmental organisation facilities. From this, we have thus far developed precise patterns of life for 242 suspected ballot traffickers in Georgia and 202 traffickers in Arizona. True the Votes document says, According to the data, each trafficker went to an average of 23 ballot drop boxes. The document goes on to say that they're working on getting similar surveillance video from other states. And then we have Gateway Pundit reporting, and this was... Uh, yesterday, Pennsylvania Senator Doug Mastriano vows to issue subpoenas for forensic election order in coming weeks. Back in July, Pennsylvania Senator Doug Mastriano told One American News that he will ask the Pennsylvania Senate's Intergovernmental Operations Committee he chairs to issue subpoenas to compel counties to cooperate with his effort to investigate the 2020 election. This was after Pennsylvania counties Tioga and Philadelphia declined to participate in the Senate's legal forensic election audit. Doug Mastriano discussed the mafia tactics by state leaders to threaten the counties that may participate in a forensic audit. He is determined to get to the bottom of the election fraud in the 2020 Pennsylvania presidential election. On Thursday, Doug Mastriano told OAN he is preparing to issue subpoenas when his committee reconvenes in the coming weeks. Conservative Brief reported via pro-Trump news in an interview on One American News, Republican State Senator Doug Mastriano, who chairs the state's Senate's Intergovernmental Operations Committee, said he is prepared to issue subpoenas. We're eagerly awaiting my committee coming together when I can get a quorum, get everyone's calendars matched up, it is summertime. As soon as I get a quorum, we will have a meeting, we will vote on subpoenas and let the fun begin, he said. Mastriano initiated a forensic probe of the 2020 and 2021 elections in early July by sending requests for materials like ballots and asking for access to machines to Tioga, York and Philadelphia counties. And then in Arizona, this is an email from Wendy Rogers, uh, Arizona State Senate. As we await the official Arizona Senate audit results, a private canvas of the Maricopa vote has revealed how deep and how bad the fraud pro 
problem is, and it's time to decertify. I'm Arizona State Senator Wendy Rogers. I'm an Arizona State Senator fighting nationwide for election integrity. Today, a private organisation released the results of their own canvas of Maricopa. The results could not be more shocking. 32.4% lost votes in Maricopa County. 173,104 votes. These are American citizens living in Maricopa County who cast a vote primarily by mail in the election and yet there is no record of their vote with the county and it was not counted in the reported vote totals for the election. This is additional proof of fraud in Maricopa County. In 2020, Liz Harris, a Republican grassroots organiser, spoke to host Steve Bannon on War Room Wednesday, disclosing voting discrepancies in Maricopa County, which was conducted through canvassing. She released a report of the audit on Tuesday. An estimated 173,104 votes are missing or lost, as reported to our volunteers who went door-to-door verifying registration and voting information for thousands of residents. These are American citizens living in Maricopa County who cast a vote primarily by mail in the election, and yet there is no record of their vote with the county, and it was not counted in the reported vote totals for the election, according to the Canvas report. Additionally, an estimated 96,389 mail-in votes were cast under the names of registered voters who were either unknown to the residents of the registration address or who were verified as having moved away prior to October 2020, the report states. Former U.S. military intelligence officer and statistical analyst Seth Keschel, who released a report last month over the 2020 election, presented graphs during War Room on Wednesday explaining why it was too close to certify Maricopa County regarding not just the presidential election but U.S. Senate, representatives and more. Meanwhile, Liz Harris, during the interview, told Steve Bannon of the Canvas report. We actually went to the homes of the registered voters and the results are just amazing. She further noted, we don't take money and we are a grassroots citizens group that essentially got this started. So that's it. Several hundred thousand votes altered by outside actors or fraud. This is a scandal. This is why we did the audit. If a group of unpaid citizens could canvass the voters to determine the scope of the problems, imagine what a complete effort could uncover. Keep in mind, Biden only officially carried Arizona by just over 10,000 votes. Martha McSally lost by less than 80,000. This makes clear that quite possibly Trump and McSally could have won. And there's a tweet from Wendy Rogers. Do we need any more evidence to finally recall the electors and decertify the election? Preliminary audit results and a private canvas. More evidence is coming, but I already have seen enough. History will judge us well when we finally get 2020 right. Hashtag decertify. Here we are. The proof is here. The receipts are here. And the fraud was real. And it was substantial. Hundreds of thousands of altered votes, more than enough to change the 2020 results, and the full Arizona audit report still to come. We need so many changes. Our elections are insecure and we need to secure them. We are taking on the left and the media and we are winning with hard work and facts.
And then finally, also Arizona, this is a report from September the 7th, again from Gateway Pundit. 2021 Arizona Elections Procedures Draft Analysis. Over 170 fraud concerns found by EZAZ. 45 issues published as of this morning. Arizona Secretary of State Katie Hobbs has already been busted trying to cheat in the 2020 midterm election. EZAZ.org has organised volunteers to examine the 2021 elections procedures manual draft and they are finding serious fraud capabilities. Yesterday, the Gateway Pundit reported that EZAZ found over 170 preliminary concerns with the 2021 election manual draft. And it's got a link to another article, Arizona Secretary of State Katie Hobbs tries to cheat again. Easy AZ Civic Action Group finds 170 issues with her elections manual. Today, Easy AZ released more batches of problems that were identified. The issues are posted on easyaz.org with instructions on how to leave a public comment. Submit public comment to Secretary Hobbs on the draft election manual. Arizona Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, running for governor, released her new election manual draft, which will govern election operations in 2022. Nothing in the law prevents Katie Hobbs from inserting new requirements she invented into her manual to change the operation of our 2022 election significantly. As we saw in the last election, the election manual is treated nearly equal to law by the court, so we must catch the shenanigans now. EZAZ organised nearly 60 volunteers to review the election manual and find the anomalies that impact the integrity or transparency of the elections. Until September 8th, EZAZ.org will release the issues in batches on our website. 45 issues published as of this morning. A summary of new major concerns. Arbitrary hand count requirement of only 400 per batch. Stacking hand count requirement to misalign ballots. Inconsistent voter ID requirements. Lack of procedures to stop duplicate voting. Voter name and address changes during closed books period. Inconsistent voter assistance requirements asking who the voter wants to vote for, including policy preferences. Curbside voting with incomplete instructions. Transport of ballot concerns. Residence requirements for transient voters. Insufficient election closeout instructions, including chain of custody and bipartisan board concerns. Lack of transparency on official ballot reports by voting location. No daily voting location closeout procedures. Open USB ports, insufficient and inconsistent voter notices. Public comment is due before 5pm on September 8th. We need your help to submit public comment. Click the link below. Of course, it's closed now. But um, Katie Hobbs is running for governor of Arizona in the next election. After her role in the 2020 crime of the century, she must be stopped. Leaders in every state need to review their elections procedures to prevent another big lie. So that's it for the news on the election, both past and future. And I just want to close by sharing another link with you. And this goes back to the 9-11 situation. 
and this is Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth and the URL is ae911truth.org and this is um, a site dedicated to the evidence that this destruction of the uh, Twin Towers could not have been caused by the planes and the fire. So very interesting. As I say, another good book, of course, is Nancy's 9-11 Crusade. And uh, we've got some information being released by Biden, but I'm sure that will be heavily redacted and very much cherry-picked, because why would they expose their own complicity in this horrendous crime so that's all time all i have time for today thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed the show uh, just as a reminder you can find me at the successalchemist.net and the webalchemist.net and you'll see on there my latest um testimonial from a client i've just completed their website and it was very complimentary so i'm very pleased about that and Empowered Manifestation is where you can find my book on manifestation. And I want to say thank you to Nancy for producing, as always. And I do hope you'll join me next week for another Cosmic Creating show. And in the meantime, stay well, be safe, and bye for now. You have been listening to the Cosmic Creating Radio Show with Jan Shaw. A production of Cosmic Reality Radio. Live long and prosper.